0: hello everybody i'm on the road i bought a new microphone so i'm hoping that the quality is good (laughs) only one way to tell you can give me give me the thumbs up or thumbs down so i'm on the road it's been great i'm traveling with my family i'm working here and there i've had a few calls There's this thing of also like finding space when you're renting houses with your family. Where do you go to record a podcast? The last time I recorded, I was at my friend's house and her daughter um, got really excited about completing Wordle in three steps. (laughs) She started screaming. (laughs) Um, That podcast is not getting uploaded. In any case, um, I love working remotely. I love having the time and flexibility to travel with my family. And so because of this situation that I'm in right now, I decided to design a webinar about designing your own dream life. What does your dream life look like? Is it about working remotely? Is it about starting a business, spending more time with your family, working on stress levels? So this webinar is going to be on August 10th and I'm going to put the link to register in the show notes, totally free. It's a masterclass webinar. So if you're somebody who's like, you know what, next summer, I want to do it differently. Next summer, I want to travel. I want to work remotely. Then I would encourage you to attend the webinar. It's going to be where you learn all the tips and tricks. So it's coming up. Um, So register and get in there as soon as you can. So today's topic is about a theme that's coming up with my clients, which is related to buffering. I've talked about buffering before, but I wanna use it in the context of when it stops us from taking action. What is buffering? Let me go through it a little bit. So essentially buffering is our way to distract ourselves from what the real work is, right? So let's say we have a stressful job, we have toxic colleagues and coworkers. It's a very high, high stress environment. So we come home and we binge watch TV because we deserve it. We deserve a break. We need to shut down. We need to turn our brain off. We have all these reasons for doing it, right? Or we come home, we have a glass of wine. That glass of wine turns into one, two, three. We wake up exhausted the next day. The stress gets in, you know, impounded on top of a little bit of a hangover, some fatigue from not sleeping well, or we might eat. So I've told the story of when I used to take the train to work and I was under a lot of stress and I would just eat a cookie on the way to work because I deserved it. I would get a chocolate croissant. I'd binge a bag of licorice, angles a drop, angles drop, um, you know, I'd eat that, those on the way home from work cause I deserved it. I worked hard. I deserved a treat and it's our brain's way of distracting us. So you have a toxic work environment rather than taking action to help yourself through this toxic, toxic work environment. You're too tired. You're fatigued. You need to decompress. So you distract yourself with binge watching TV. And even as I'm saying this, I understand the reasons and it's not necessarily bad. I'm not saying that rest is bad or watching TV is bad, but when you specifically have some work to do, i.e. working through a toxic work environment or working through the next phase of your career or working on relationships, when you have work to do and instead you binge watch TV, you're doing it to get away. Get away from the bad feelings, distract yourself from the bad feelings, get out of discomfort, get into comfort, right? Put on your PJs, crawl to bed, maximum comfort level, drink a cup of tea. So we want to get comfy and cozy. We don't want to feel uncomfortable. It's not necessarily a bad thing. You need the decompression. You need the cortisol decompression. That's an important part of self-care. But you don't want to stay in that state for too long because it's keeping you from moving forward through the work that's going to actually make an impact on your stress levels, right? It's going to make a longer term impact on your stress levels if you're if you're working through it head on, finding solutions rather than just distracting yourself with the cozy comfort zone. I hope you understand the difference because I don't want to dissuade you from self-care but I do want you to see when it's happening. So that's an example of buffering. Now there are more nuanced examples of buffering that feel very productive. So today I had a session with a client and this client is working on marketing materials for his new business launch. And he's a marketer. So he knows that the way he's going to move his business forward is by creating an emotional connection with his audience, building trust, letting them know he's an expert in his field, but also engaging on an emotional level with them, understanding their pain points, addressing those pain points through anecdotal stories. Okay, so he knows the formula. And I gave him the homework assignment of write the story, right? Find the story that's gonna resonate with your audience. And what he did was he wrote, and I know he's listening, so this is no judgment, obviously. But he wrote a brief, a long brief, because he's used to working with agencies who you need to brief. The brief was fantastic. And then he started doing research, pulling data points. Amazing. Okay. All of this work was, was fantastic. However, this work was distracting him from the storytelling. Right. So he wasn't landing on the story, developing the story, working through the story, figuring out how to engage with his audience. He was working on the brief. He was working on the data. He was working on the research. He was buffering. And it's very nuanced because you might say, well, he needed all those things. And I will say, you're correct. He does need structure, organization and the materials that you would put in a brief, which would be your audience, the why, the reason you're telling this story, and the ultimate outcome of creating a piece of content. Usually there's an outcome that you're hoping for in the marketing world. So it's nuanced, but he stayed in the spin of the brief. And when I got, so his first homework assignment was, think about the story. I got on the phone with him, the second second homework Assignment was stop writing the brief, right? Because his brain thought, well, I, all I need to do is keep working on the brief because that was sort of easy for him. That's the comfort zone. That's where he's used to sitting is in the brief writing. Then what he typically typically does in his work is he hands that brief off to an agency who does the creative work. And now what's happening is he's in that seat and it's uncomfortable right? There's discomfort in doing something he's never done before. It's something he wants to learn, something he wants to get better at. He knows he has foundational skills, but it's hard, right? It's hard to take on something that you haven't done before. So he went immediately to his comfort zone and he made himself think that that's where he needed to spend all his time, that if he got the brief right, somehow the rest of it would come, But the truth of the matter is that he's trying to tell a story and he wasn't working on the story. So I pulled him back. But I think what's interesting is a lot of my clients lean into taking courses, deciding that they need extra knowledge, right? So they take the courses, they sign up. So his brain said, well, the first thing I need to learn is video editing, To him, this made perfect sense. And to me, I was like, video editing has nothing to do with you telling a story, right? We need to fundamentally start with that piece of this, which is how do you connect with an audience? You don't need video editing skills to be able to do that, right? The platform will come. What you need to do is figure out the story and and also detach yourself from the outcome, So I think this is about buffering because our brain goes to this place where it's like, but I need more information. I need more information before I can do the actual work. You don't actually need more information. You need to sit in discomfort. And the other thing you need to do is you need to simplify. So his, and I use like the, I use the brain as a third party, right? I like to talk about the brain, like it's disconnected from us because I think it helps us see some of our behaviors and patterns with a little bit of detachment because then we don't see it as fact and we see it for what it is, which is typically our brain (laughs) trying to protect us, right? So our brain tries to protect us from discomfort. It tries to protect us from anything that might harm us and it it keeps us alive essentially, right? But what it doesn't know is that in modern society, the fears that we have are not necessarily fearful. We're not fearful for our life, right? We have high levels of stress and high levels of cortisol. It's not necessarily because our life is in danger, immediate imminent danger. Our life is in danger. If we stay in that level of stress long-term, we know that, but we're also a little disconnected. I digress. So when you are in this buffering mode, what you tend to do, what I do, I'm speaking for myself, I'm not saying that I'm immune to this, but we'll make it more complicated because that keeps us from doing the actual work. So the overcomplication is another buffering mechanism. We put more complicated things on top of the work at hand so that we don't have to do the work. So he was telling himself he needed video editing skills, He needed to create a piece of content that was, you know, well edited, had this strong story, had stock footage, imagery, other pieces of video woven in. Now, listen, we all know that content creation right now is a very up-leveled high production value game, right? It's hard to get away with the more simplified pieces of content. However, if you have a compelling story it's not going to be the video editing that's necessarily going to get it across and i'm going to get a lot of backlash about this from the marketing community because it's like girl we need to make it beautiful and i agree and there's time for that and there's time for the research too so the work that this client did the research and the data gathering and the and the proof points are all critical But if you don't do the actual work, none of that is going to matter. If you don't have a compelling story, it doesn't matter how well edited your video is. It doesn't matter how great the stock footage is. It's going to fall flat because you don't have already the starting point of trust and emotional connection to your clients. So this isn't necessarily meant to be about marketing itself. I just use that as an example. I think it's a, it's an easy example that this just happened, but I think a lot of my clients are doing this where they're saying, I know I should be looking for jobs. For instance, if they're doing a career shift, they're like, I know I should be looking for jobs in this industry, but instead I'm taking courses to help bolster my skills. So a lot of times I'll give people a homework assignment, just go out and look for some jobs that spark excitement. And they don't. They start with, well, I think I need an online course to bolster my programming skills or to bolster my web design skills. No, <laughs> please stop taking courses unless they're mine. No, I'm just kidding. But if you keep if you keep loading on these educational components and these online courses and these various programs. You're distracting yourself from the work at hand. I will say, if you work with me, we're going to do the work. I'm going to keep pulling you back to the work. So that's the only reason why I feel like my programs are a little bit different because my programs are not buffering you away from the work. I'm pushing you towards the work. And I'm going to keep you aligned to the work that you need to do to move forward. Taking action is uncomfortable. This is why in my especially one-on-one coaching with people, I push them to take action very quickly. It makes some people uncomfortable. I've only had one client that actually bailed on me after that, because it was so uncomfortable. He couldn't make it past that hurdle. But what I like to do, and I don't, I mean, I mean, push in the gentlest sense. I encourage my clients, everything's optional. um, But I encourage my clients to take action pretty quickly in our time together, because what happens when you go to take an action is all of those fears come to the surface. It's the fastest way to see what your mental blockers are. When you start to take action, it's when you keep buffering away from that action that you never get to the root of the fears and the mindset hurdles that are standing in the way of you getting what you want, right? Of you having the career, and the business and the things that you want from your from your life and your work it's because you're buffering over here by by not taking action another example at a different level are i have a ceo client who is buffering by being in the weeds of the projects it's a comfort zone right i've seen this a lot with ceos where they don't necessarily have the training and knowledge to be in the ceo seat So they stay in the employee seat for all intents and purposes, just, you know, they sit in the seat as an employee and they're doing the work, the project level work, which is distracting them from the higher level visionary work. And there are all so many layers of reasons why they're staying there, but it is a buffer. And of course their brain can't see it as a buffer because they're moving their business forward, right? It feels like it's productive. And it's a very nuanced buffer because they're in the weeds, they're doing all this work, but they're not doing the work they need to be doing. They're not doing that higher level, visionary, business planning, strategic work because they're in the weeds. Most of the time it's fear because they're afraid if they level up, number one, people are going to judge them because now they're not in the weeds with the team. Number two, they're worried that they don't know how to do that work and they're going to lose their value. Their value comes from the productivity being billable and they're afraid that leveling up means they're not offering value, right? But for anybody who's worked as an employee under a CEO like this, you know that they're taking your work, right? They're taking work off of your plate they're making it hard for you to be sitting side by side with them because the expectation coming from a CEO to somebody in the project is a lot different than a colleague who's side by side, right? Who's side by side with you. Now it's a little bit hard, there's a little more pressure when you're sitting next to the CEO there's a there's just a different stress level when you're having to meet that level of expectation versus your supervisor or a team lead or somebody that's in the project with you really in the weeds because the CEO is in the weeds, but always a step out, right? There's always a step out because of their role that isn't, they're really not in the trenches with you, even though they think they are, they're still a step out. And that makes it hard to get the time you need with them, get the things finished. It's a bottleneck. There are so many reasons, but it's a buffer. It's a buffer for a CEO to stay in that role, but it's very nuanced. So I want you to look at your life and your work life, and I want you to look for these nuanced buffers. Where are you leaning into something because it's keeping you from taking action on the thing that's uncomfortable, that doesn't feel natural, that feels like a learning, right? Or it feels like you're going to have to have a difficult conversation, right? What are the things you're doing to push away from those things? That are keeping you from doing the work that's actually going to make a change. Having the conversation, you know, opting for a different role sometimes, pitching an idea, talking to a colleague about a situation. What are all the ways that you're buffering away from the discomfort? Look at those things, and I don't want you to judge them. There's nothing wrong with what you're doing. It's a self-care mechanism. So the, the inspiration around it is right. The intention is right. It's just when it's distracting you from taking the actions that you need to make the changes that are going to be long-term improvements to your personal and professional life. So I hope that resonates. I feel like this is a really, really core part of the work I do with people. So It feels really important that we recognize this again, don't judge it, but then start to start to lean into the discomfort and I'll give you tools along the way as you keep listening to the podcast for how you can be in that discomfort without it taxing your nervous system or pushing you into anxiety or creating too, you don't want to lean so deeply in that it's causing other other issues, but I do want you to start inching towards (laughs) the discomfort so that you're taking the actions that are going to give you the long-term results that I know you want. So again, consider joining us on August 10th, the links in the show notes. I hope to see you there. See you next week.